welcome back to this weekly podcast with the McAfee Institute. Josh McAfee here, CEO and founder, and I am accompanied by the great one and only Daryl May. I'm glad to be here, Josh. <laughs> as well as we have one of our senior operation managers, Mikey. Hey. <laughs> Today, we really want to be able to sit down with you. A lot of people uh, comment in and say, what really goes on behind the scenes? You know, how, how do you develop such a great team? Um, how do you work together very, very well to build a very successful organization? And, you know, from the passion of our heart, let me first off by telling you this, that uh, within any great organization are great people. And great people are what helps to build that organization. No matter if you're in law enforcement or your loss prevention or fraud or uh, retail security, we all have to work together, right? And what is the ideal success? What does that look like? How do we become better leaders to propel our careers to the next step? And really what I want to be able to focus to on this edition is really understanding how can we grow ourselves? How do we develop ourselves? But more importantly, how do we use that information to develop other leaders, which is extremely needed in this industry, right? We've all seen signs of very bad leadership uh, over our time. I'm sure you can. Those types of people that walk down the hall and you look at them coming at you and you just feel the nails on the chalkboard, right? And it is screeching down the hall and you're just like, oh no, here comes that person. And you quickly dip into the other office or you do anything you can absolutely do to avoid them. You know what I'm talking about, right? We all have that one person in mind. But rather, why is it that you feel that way about that person? And how do you um, stop yourselves from really becoming that person, right? And how do you develop yourself professionally? And that's what I wanted to touch. See, everything starts with our leadership abilities. Our leadership abilities come from a fundamental by John Maxwell, referred to in his books as the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And the first one he discusses is the law of the lid, which basically says that our business can rise no better than that of where our current leadership abilities are. So for an example, just to illustrate, if through my career, my leadership abilities have risen on a scale of zero to 10 of five, then my business can never rise more than that. I can never be more successful than where my current leadership abilities are. So therefore, what do we have to do to become successful? What we have to do is raise our leadership abilities to that of a six, a seven, an eight, or even a nine in some situations, and then our business can grow with us. Otherwise, we're going to plateau. We're going to hit the ceiling, and we will never go further than that. So our discussion today is really is how do you develop ourselves? How has my team developed uh, themselves, and how do we develop others? Having the unique privilege, as you know, of developing tens of thousands of leaders uh, within the law enforcement and loss prevention community, our passions are simply that of developing you so that way you're successful in developing others. So I want to start off this conversation today uh, with both of my team, both of them been around and probably done everything you possibly think of. Uh, but I really wanted to be able to talk about this from a leadership perspective in which how do we develop ourselves and what are some of the ways that we do so? Uh, with that being said, I've challenged my team today. I'd like to challenge you guys to understand what are three ways in which you have worked on developing yourself so that way we can work on developing others. How have you grown yourselves as leaders within our industry, within your organizations um, in the past and so forth to prepare yourself for success today? Daryl, let's start off with you. What is one way you think that you've uh, developed yourself professionally to be more successful? I think first of all, uh, doing the right thing all the time. That's important. People are always watching to see what kind of life you live. And I try to do the right thing in the situation, whether someone's looking or whether they're not. And uh, I think that shows a, a portion of leadership there. And if people will follow that, I think they'll take on that same attribute. 
Yeah, it's kind of like uh, monkey see, monkey do, right? If if we if we see somebody doing something, we're going to try to mirror that. And if you're doing the wrong thing or you're setting the wrong example, people do it. You know, very early on in my career, I think that oftentimes it's kind of like you have that boss that says, you know what, I I want you in here every day at seven thirty, but he comes in at ten. How do you set the expectation? Or how do you say I don't want you smoking inside the workplace, and then he himself smokes, right? It's, it's by setting the example and then leading by the example so others see that you do it. You know, one thing I often hear uh, managers say is that, you know, I set the example because I go out and do it. I'm not afraid to work or I'm not afraid to lift pallets or I'm not afraid to do the hard work. I show them that I can do it. And a manager's job, just so we don't confuse the two, isn't always saying that I have to do it, but it's by leading by those values, those ethics, those morals from that perspective, right? So, Mike, let's switch over to you. What is one way that you've developed yourself or prepared yourself, you know, for this role? I pretty much started young in a lot of uh, different areas, uh, mainly restaurant retail. And, and when I was doing all that, I would always learn from what my managers did, either right or wrong. And I would change and not uh, repeat their mistakes. You know, I I had one manager and I refused to ever be like this person because they led by being passive aggressive <laughs> And just wouldn't tell you what was wrong, wouldn't confront you about what was wrong, but then would remove you from a schedule or or cut you early day after day after day until you finally were like, what happened or what did I do? And I refuse to ever be like that. Yeah. Open communication. Yeah. I've felt similar situations in the past with with the various organizations where um, they want to power from authority, right? Or I've got the title, the position, the corner office, and you will follow me because I tell you to follow me. And my friends, that is furthest from the truth. That's not how you lead. You lead through influence and actually caring about people versus trying to power up over them, which is totally the opposite of of what we should do, right? So, Daryl, from your perspective, what's another way that you've worked on preparing yourself? So many of you don't know, uh, Daryl comes to us uh, with a long career of law enforcement, probably more so than most of you have been alive. Daryl's been on the job uh, dealing with some of the best and worst elements uh, around our industry. And, you know, it's an extremely tough job from a law enforcement perspective uh, of being out there every day on those streets. And, And not only that, but how do you develop your team and yourself, you know, to become better, right? Especially when you're having to deal with the bad elements all the time you know sometimes you think of is there ever any savior right out there that's going to help us because you have to see people in their deepest darkest hours sometimes Um, and sometimes you have to be that knight in shining armor to come into their life and say you know what it's going to be okay and I'm going to help you you know so I I I, want to frame it up with being said that is that how do you prepare yourself you know for that what have you done professionally to to become better well in the past I've made some mistakes I know we all have where you would just be so fed up with somebody that you didn't want to deal with them and you'd maybe tell them off or basically tell them you don't want to have to talk to them anymore. And I learned that that's obviously not the best uh, way to approach it. Uh, so I basically use the, the title, Don't Burn Your Bridges. And uh, I try to use that throughout my uh, life, whether it's at work or at home or uh, in the community. You know, oftentimes you may disagree with someone, but you may have to work with them the next day. And you don't want to be telling them off or, you know, going off on them or uh, basically trying to ruin your relationship and sever that relationship because you don't know what's around the corner. They may soon be your boss. They may uh, be someone that you run into on a daily basis, and they may be serving your coffee. So not only do I try to treat people in the community, uh, the normal, what I would call normal citizens, but sometimes a criminal element, I also try to treat them with respect at, uh, at a level that I can. 
sometimes they cross that line and I'm unable to do that. But generally speaking, uh, if you treat everybody with respect, that, uh, that goodness will come back to you. Great. Absolutely. And, and Mike, do you have any takeaways from that or what do you, what else have you done from your perspective to develop yourself? I actually, early on in my career and through a lot of different things, I do training. I, I like to learn research. I have a question. If I can't get it answered, I find the answer on my own. You know, it's constantly trying to develop your knowledge base to develop what you can share with other people. And I feel like a good leader has something to share whether it be a tidbit of information, just something different that they can share every day and teach somebody else and be like, hey, at least you learned something new today. And that was an approach I always took. I always tried to coach my teams uh, the same way, you know, my bosses coached me. And then as I moved up higher and higher in the ranks, you know, I always tried to, my management and any team under me, I always tried to do the same thing. You know, hey, I found this really cool training guide. You guys should check it out. I would always share it. Even with, you know, people who just started that day, I was like, hey, you know, you should check out this training guide or this website. Um, It might help you out with some of the things. And, you know, I always ask for feedback too. And the thing about feedback is it's one of those things you really got, even if you get it and then you don't like it or agree with it, you have to take it. You know, and you have to try to understand their perspective and what they see. So that was something I always did was I just tried to develop with the team as well. Because, you know, in in an environment that I was always working in, it's not just you. You know, it is a team effort and you have to develop together. Because if you don't, you know, one's developing higher than the other. You try to keep everyone together and then somebody gets that whole, you know, I'm better. And that was what we were trying to avoid all the time was just, you know superiority complexes. I know, uh, Josh, when I started back in law enforcement 28 years ago, there was no YouTube videos. Uh, There weren't training uh, guides such as that. Couldn't get on the internet because, you know, that wasn't really available to us at that time. And so I went out to libraries and uh, purchased books, uh, police training manuals that I could find and uh, studied as much as I possibly could because after the academy, it was basically up to you to learn. And so I had to discipline myself and uh, start reading the books, start learning on my own. In fact, I began sharing that information with my fellow officers, and I developed a reputation you know, of trying to do the right thing and trying to find the most tactical way to handle the situation, the safest way to handle that. And uh, I quickly gained respect from from doing that. Yeah, you know, one of the things that automatically come to mind when I just heard you say that is, after 28 years in law enforcement, they had libraries back then. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> a book. <laughs> I was like, well, holy they were, shit. Were on, they were on stone tablets, so so it was heavy lifting. No, on on a serious note, that was good stuff. You know, I think that it's important from this perspective as you're developing yourself from a leader. I think there's some big key takeaways is that you always have to work to developing yourself to be better for your people. If you're not continuously developing yourself, uh, you really can't lead. You know, by developing yourself, we're talking about furthering your education consistently or your uh, reading books to further your education or, you know, you're, you're trying to do as much research as you can relating to your job so that you can always improve your performance and not become stagnant. Leaders, by definition, are always developing themselves so they can help others develop. And that's probably one of the biggest takeaways I get from it. Um, number two, 
uh, from that perspective is that I always think that leaders are always looking to find out what their people are passionate about so that way they can help develop them in what they want to do. With that being said is that a lot of times your job might not be what you're passionate about and we have to find that out so that we can be able to relate. You know, and a lot of time is spent on trying to figure out how to rationalize with our employees and figure out what it is they love so that we can come into their life. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, one guy that we have uh, absolutely loves everything about bike riding and it's not necessarily about work. You know, if I go in and talk to him about work, it's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a little bit of excitement, but boy, you talk about bike riding and he just loves it and passionate about it. So we go out and we send him some magazine articles over bike riding or talk about bike riding and we have a connection now. It might not be necessarily something I'm passionate about, but I'm showing him I have interest in his passion and therefore he shows me interest back in, in our work and so forth of what we have. So, With that being said, let's kind of move on to here. So we've talked about these ideas in which we've developed ourselves and our people to let our teams be successful. But now what are ways that you have developed your team? What are three ways in which you have uh, utilized some of these uh, methodologies that you had to develop others? That's really where I want to open it up. So Mike, uh, what is one way in which you utilize to be able to develop your team members? How do you come into their life to help them out? How do you get them on your side? How do you influence them, you know, to go in the direction that you want to? The main one I always use was I I was always willing to listen, coach, Mm -hmm. give advice, take advice. Yeah. And through that, you know, I would have somebody come up and say, hey, we should try this. And I wouldn't just dismiss it. I would take the time and be like, all right, show me what you're talking about. And I would let them demonstrate what they felt was going to be a better process or what they felt was a simpler way or the the right way compared to what was set by a corporate standard. Yeah, I think that when you think about that, how many people come to you as kind of that leader model and share with you their insights and saying, hey, this is messed up. And one of the natural instincts that people have is to get defensive saying, oh, no, that will never work because you might have written that policy. You might have written that procedure or that's the way it's been in 30 years. And, you know, over my career, I can tell you how many times we ran into roadblocks that have said, oh, we've done it that way for 30 years. Well, we're not going to change that. Well, is it plausible that somebody else had a better idea or times have changed? What was good in 1810 when Daryl was in law enforcement (laughs) (laughs) might not necessarily be good today. (laughs) I'm just kidding, guys. In a serious note, though, that policy that was written back in 1970 might not be applicable today, right? Or the way that we have done something might not be applicable in today's world. And sometimes those things have to be looked at. And I think that our role from a leadership perspective is to look back and say, you know what? They might have a great idea. Why have we not thought about that? And you have to listen. You know, now there are some situations where it's just not going to happen, you know, and some people are way out in right field, so to speak. You know, those kind of people that you just, you know, you hear the, the story that you just want to lead a horse to water and you hope they drink it. Rather, you have the horse, the people that you want to lead to the bridge and you want to push them right in. There are some of those people. <laughs> in hindsight, with that being said, off my, my soapbox, is that we want to make sure that we listen to our people and at least it comes in and they have a source to be able to vent, right? And then you can take those ideas. And I think it's also big when you have a big win like that and one of your employees comes up to you with a great idea that's really redefined the way that your organization has done something uh, or worked with people or made money, et cetera. I think those are are huge successes, right? Okay, so Daryl, on your side, what is uh, one way in which uh, you've developed your teams through something like this? Well, generally, as you know, I'm a pretty private person and uh, I'm not the real outgoing type. Um, I'm not the happy-go-lucky guy skipping down the sidewalk, but uh, I've learned that I have to spend time with people, 
and you know talk about like you said the pa- things that they're passionate about find out what their interests are and just you know instead of just saying hey how you doing okay fine and then walking away you know it's no really how you doing today you know and and talk to them and let them you know tell you what's going on in their life and if they realize that you're genuine they'll start talking to you more start telling you more things about their life um, one of the things that I have to do and I don't consider myself as a pro in, in every aspect but after doing the job for a long time you pretty much get set in your ways and so uh, oftentimes I would have to sit back and say look this is how we normally do it but do you have any other ideas or suggestions that you think will work and every now and then they'll come up with a really amazing idea and you try it and you're like wow that's that's pretty cool and this guy maybe only has three years on on the force and here you are with 25 plus and you're you're learning you're being schooled by by the rookie so it forces right. you out of your box per se yeah, yeah. So which we I do have every to, day yeah. yeah yeah i have to get out of the box sometimes <laughs> You know, I think that one of my biggest learning lessons has been the same, and I'll just kind of repeat what you had said, but you have to spend time with people. Being a leader, you're very visible. People see you. You're always in the forefront, right? Whether you come from law enforcement like Daryl or you come from operations or or senior roles uh, like Mike or the CEO in my role, um, you've got to spend time with people and getting to know people. I think that I have a couple big takeaways in this is that you have to show people that you care right? If they don't know how much you care until you tell them you care. And sometimes that makes the biggest difference in the world is just being able to show that. Second, I think that one of my biggest takeaways uh, coming from my good friend, John Maxwell, is this is that you have to learn to touch the heart before you ever ask for a hand. And so many people are so demanding in which you come into work and they're like, do this, do that, do that. And you don't understand it. And again, when I talk about caring about somebody, you have to show somebody how much you care about them and somewhat speak to the heart before you ever ask them to be on your side. You know, we see this with law enforcement. We see with loss prevention and fraud that there's a lot of times where just directions are being shouted or you need to comply because I'm telling you to. And most specifically, I'm talking about building relationships, right? Uh, maybe you're in retail management or retail loss prevention or you're in an organization where you're trying to lead people and that you have to be able to sit back and say, I care about you. I care about your passions. I care about your success. And the way you do that is by getting to know people, right? About what their passions are, what they have going on in their life, about their family, their kids. You get to know as much about them as you can because then you can start to relate to them. And when they start to understand that you care about them and their life, then that's called influence. And if I can teach you how to influence somebody, I will teach you how to lead a million people that are out there. But it all comes down to influence. And before you can even start to learn to influence people, you have to be able to sit back and say, how can I come into their life and show them I care? How can I help make a difference or something that they're passionate about uh, and so forth? So I will leave you with this quote and just that is that you have to learn to touch the heart before you ever ask for a hand. I think that's going to conclude this week's uh, podcast. We hope that you guys had a ton of fun and you learned something new with us today. Join us again next week here at the McAfee Institute for insights into uh, how we become successful leaders. 